which is right there on the left-hand side at the top. By this, you may be seen who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not do right is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. Now, John is a stickler about these things. He liked Jesus Christ a whole lot. And Jesus Christ liked John a whole lot. And if you go back and read the Gospel of John, you will find that John had had this concept imprinted on him pretty aggressively. You will find, as you're reading through this portion of uh, 1 John, phrasings that are right out of the Gospel of John. Same guy wrote them. It's not an oddity. But it's obvious that he is, wants you to measure the faith this way. For this is the message, verse 11. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another.
By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Got it? That's just like John is talking about in the epistle. Your recognition, you know you're a Christian. What did we used to sing back in the days of the Superbad? You know, no, we are Christians by our love.
know we've joined this team. The people on it are dear to us. He who does not love abides in death. This is an on-off switch. You know you passed the death of life because you love the brother. If you don't love, you live in death. <laughs> and I, I, I know these are, John is, I didn't cover it last week, <coughs> um, saying things in uh, clear, uh, clear statements that we, if we over-specify on the statements, like in every circumstance, singly and separately, um, if I hated somebody as a Christian, I lost my salvation because I abide in death, right? Now he's saying these are the recognizing points. If you have hatred in your life, realize it's a recognizing point. If you do not love, it's a recognizing point. Anyone who hates his brother, and this is where he gets, is a murderer. You know that. It's a Matthew 5. You have heard them said to men of old, you shall not kill, go to kill, you shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to counsel. Whoever says, you fool, shall be liable to hell of fire. Christ taught that if you hated a man, it was equivalent to murder. John remembers the teaching. He says, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Remember, this book is about how do you know? What reassures you? You should examine. The dipstick should run into the, the love transmission. Sound like a you know, Motown hit from
By this we know love, verse 16. You know what hatred is? It's murder. You know what love is? By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. You get the distinction? These are gradients. Hatred and love are gradients of life and murder. Sacrifice for the other. Killing the person dead on the other side. By this we know love. You need to know what you have, then you need to know what it is. He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, I'm not well liked. Well, people who know me, I don't know a lot of people. I'm not well liked. But nobody's threatening me lately, physically. And so I'm not going to ask the church. Stand in the way of the bullets that are coming my way. I'm not going to ask you to give your life for the cult leader. And you're not really going to have an opportunity. You're not even going to give your life by the time you are my age. I mean, how many times have I died for a grandchild? Not even once. <laughs> not even once. Never, I've never died for any other Christian. Jesus Christ, when he died for everybody. Evan never died for anybody. So how can I know? Well, because just like your hatred is murder, your love isn't self-sacrifice on a cross. It's you being ready to attend to them to that degree that the end result would be you dying for them, just like the end result of your hatred would be murdering them. You have passed from that death to this life. So that's why he says... We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren in verse 16. Verse 17 then says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? He just grabbed right at the middle of the gradient. If you're turning towards other people, because that's what love really is. Hatred's turning away unto death. Everything love is turning towards you or attending to that person. Whatever your emotional frame, you can be a crier, you can be a you can be a dear person who sees a small baby go to church. This guy told Hannah to pick up the new hay kid. And you can do women here like that. You just get all soft and flabby. The guys are wondering where the French fries We have different ways of reacting our attention. But we must all attend to the other end. Attend to, that's why this lets you know that this is why you prove your love when you have the world's goods and they have a need. You cannot say, go warm, be warm and filled, and not give them the, the means of surviving. Oh yeah, I would die for my family or my die for my Christian brothers and sisters. Who's a live for? Is, it a, is that just a little bit of heroism that you know it's probably not likely going to happen so you can make a claim? Or you really think seriously, I would die for them, but only die for them. Living for them is just not laid out. Because one is just kind of general heroism. Men who are awful, 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 awful people will throw themselves on a hand grenade to save their buddies. Because they have a certain degree of honor. They don't have 
don't love them, I do. Because you're looking for recognition here. This is, this is, this book is about how do you know you have eternal life? Well, death to life has certain metrics. Little children, verse 18, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. <clears throat> now, too often we are very conscious in the apologetics or the statements of faith or whatever to make the right statement. Well, obviously John is making a statement about love right here. No crime in saying something about love. But don't let yourself be fooled. Especially if you can say love in the most romantic way, the most moving way. So uh, somebody we were part of the we had a big crowd last night. Part of it at one point was talking about John Lennon. Thinking Mike Jones was talking about John Lennon. What a complete awful human being. And if you ever look into any of the stars that you like. How many years, how many lives, how many infidelities, how many extreme drugs, how much this, but this one could stop in the presence of the Lord. He's a Christian, right? He's a good guitar player. We sometimes like to contribute. We, since love is good, if somebody talks about love, somebody says love, he said, don't let it be in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. Because in deed and in truth is the only place love can exist, really. My, my word does not make love. I have to tell the old lady, I love you. You're going to get that sidewalk glance, guys? We have to say something. We have to. It's not, remember, none of these reassurances of our hearts before him. None of these are sufficient conditions. But they're all necessary. Okay? They, you, you have to declare with your lips that Jesus is Lord. You have to speak as well as you can speak in the affirmative of your God and Christ. So you're going to be about it, right? So, okay. I love God. I love my enemies. I love my neighbors. Now I love all Christians. And it's got to be actual deed done. Responding to their need. Not holding to your own material as if, you know, you really do own your car. But I, I, I'm i pleased with the saints in this body. You see people standing up for one another, giving each other rides or help in a project. That's what, that's what we're talking about. You have the means that part of you that you can attend to the brothers and to the sisters with it. But sometimes, have you ever sinned? 
reassure our hearts before him. These phrasing, if you want to ever say, I don't remember what Evan said about 1 John, any of it. Read through the book, it's short, and watch for the statements that you will reassure your hearts before him for this. By this we know. Whenever our hearts condemn us. Get that? But it sounded like back in chapter 3, right? Your chapter 3, last early chapter 3. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Good luck with that.
We have confidence before God. I'm reassured when my hearts condemn me because God is greater than I am. And it's his opinion of me, his mercy towards me, that sets me free. That, that alone, I can't forgive myself sufficiently. So how I stand before him does is accept that knowledge of me and that grace towards me. But if I am uncondemned, I am confident, and I receive, what's it say? And we receive from him whatever we ask. Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. You always wonder where those verses are that see the layout, that blank check for your prayers. Anytime you ask
So we're not only, we're not just getting reassurance though, the reassurance comes along because I did not feel condemned, I stood at the place I should stand morally to be reassured, but it also brings, it has that interchange of answered prayer. That's it. I can have that confidence if I uh, keep his commandments. Is that going to try to God's that? Why, yes, I am. In the next verse. Oh, yeah. The evil demon context. Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him, and, verse 23, this is his commandment. It wasn't take a left turn, drive back to Moses, find the Decalogue. You can get a tattooed on your chest upside down and backwards in the mirror. Because you cut it. <laughs> or not even good bacon anymore. He said, and this is his commandment. One, that we should believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ. Got it? Two, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Those are the commandments. Believe in Jesus Christ. You seek your God. You love your God. That's what Jesus says is the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God. He is that God. And, second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another. If you live this way, if the dipstick running into your love transmission is coming up not a court low, but nice and evenly ready to attend to others, to respond to their needs, to open your hearts to them, you not only have reassurance, but you have this confidence of petitioning God for things. All who keep his commandments abide in him and he in thou. This is definitional to you being in the light, you being in life, you not being in death. By this we know that he abides in us. Another reassurance here by the Spirit which he has given. That's not just some, just like with love, the word spirit has been abused by the something, you're admitting that you're not giving up something that Jesus Christ respects you to have given up. 
that the spirit in you would be attending to others <coughs> that tend to do so much. You want to know that the Have you pursued this? Have you pursued knowing whether you will abide in him and he in us by finding out whether the Spirit of God, the one that is spoken of by the Apostle, this is the Apostle John, that you go to the Apostle Paul and get a list of things to check. And you can be honest, you can, you can make special dispensations for your willingness to keep. Well, I, I think I have just trouble with pressure. Okay. Don't doubt that. Just don't feel so assured about your salvation. Abiding in him, you'll know it by the spirit that is in him. Now, it tells us in the next verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Okay, because some of you might be... Some of you might be the kind of person who's not as... Um, some people struggle more with dictates that come rolling off their emotional frame differently than I do. Some of you are friends of mine, you know, I, I don't care. You might care. And some people care or be introspective too much, you know. And it's not so much the guilt of the introspection about potential guilt. People say, Spirit, test the spirits to see if they are of God. Now he's talking about something outside of you and your temperament. I just brought that in to, to give you an out for your brokenness. But uh, we know that the church and the history of the church has been filled with false teaching. The apostles were expecting it. The apostles knew of it. Just because it's in the history of the church doesn't make it filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is known by things. By this you know the Spirit of God. 
Holy Spirit, which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now that's probably a reference to the early proto-Gnosticism that was going on, where the coming of the flesh of Christ was the thing in question. That, of course, the God, the transcendent, couldn't be in flesh. That was a horrifying notion. Colossians kind of slaps that around a bit. The fullness of deity dwelt bodily in Christ. That was a radical thing. Now, we don't feel that argument as heavily. We sort of automatically believe those spirits that included Gnostic notions in the Christian faith. Jesus the Christ. There are some people, you know, J-Tubs, The Way International, children, you were of God, and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You've heard that verse before. You may have even used it. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. <coughs> because that's what you're coming to, in reassurance, confidence, that I stand as a subject, a citizen, an adopted son of the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, I have been changed. I am no longer dead. I'm now alive. The rest of the world is dead. And a great confidence about how you live. A great looking at the things that beset you that you thought used to bother you. Because just like the world, we're tempted to try to fix things here on earth. You know, there's no fixing it. It's just going to die. 
they are of the world. Therefore, what they say is of the world. And the world listens to that. The people that design the earthly heaven have got rules and doctrines they have, have asked you to believe. You might want to check to make sure that some of those elements are not inside your transmission of love oil that you would put to check. Really, what love is, is whether your church has put together a deep fund and we give to the needy families uh, at Thanksgiving. That might be. The world has ways of dealing out love. would rather just say it. They'd rather just claim that, honey, I love you. And never treat your wife like you love her. Spirit of truth 
and the spirit of error. And the art stick doesn't change at all if you squint at it. So you can't take that thing and go, okay, really. No, I don't listen to the Apostolic Fathers. They might write some good things. I love C.S. Lewis. He writes some good things. He's not John. He's not. And these guys are more important than any of us. This is how you know the spirit in you is the spirit of Jesus Christ if you listen to his emissaries and believe what they say. Start applying it now. Start saying, do I, do I believe in Jesus is Christ? Do I love my brothers in such a way that wherever it is on the line of attending to someone and their needs, I'm there. Not because I felt something, but because I know my God called me to do it. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're very grateful. Son's name is right.